Hello and welcome to the First and Ten Chargers podcast. We're back after a couple of weeks and back to celebrate a win. It's a, it's a bit of a rare occasion for this season, but it's a, it's a happy occasion. It's not a sad podcast this week. Um, we did record a podcast last week, but we had a few technical issues. Um, and to be honest with you, as much as we did talk about the top of the draft and kind of earmarking players for the Chargers' future, and it was a good chat and it's a shame that it kind of got lost, but... The Dolphins' loss wasn't a good thing to talk about. So, in one way, it's kind of good that it's kind of never going to be heard. Um, but yeah, Ash, let's move on and let's talk about a win. It's good. Yep, it was. It, well, it was it good. I'm not sure, but it was a win nonetheless. Yeah, it was. It was a win. It was. It was good to see um, the chains um, come off of Herbert again. I mean, 49 attempts, 37 completions, three touchdowns. Uh, I mean, he just put on another absolute show for us mm. uh, the touchdown pass to Keenan Allen was I think a beauty yeah um, and it's obviously at the moment you, you just gotta hold your hands up and say we've got a, an absolute gem of a quarterback and really it was his show uh, it was also the Keenan Allen show obviously with uh, he broke he was two behind Marvin Harrison's um, reception record over 10 games um, sorry uh, six seasons sorry I think it was um, and he finished, let me pull up the stat. Yeah, it was 14 ahead, wasn't it? Because he had 16 yeah. catches. Yeah, so he got 16 catches with two behind. So now he's on, um, out of his first 100 career games, Keenan Allen is now ranked fourth all time. Uh, everyone else is on 100 games. He's on 96, and he's got 605 uh, receptions. So number one is Antonio Brown on the list with 622. So... You're talking about well within that, reach, isn't it? Well within reach. So as long as these two go hand in hand for the foreseeable, um, for the foreseeable future and and finish off this season, um, I can see him being number one on the on the reception history list. So really good news for him. Like he deserves it because obviously he shut he shut his mouth off a bit this year, and you you kind of what would would worry a little bit if. Not worry, but you you kind of it kind of be a slap in the face if um, he was he was saying that he's loads better than Evans, loads better than Tyreek Hill, um, and then he put up a bit of a stinker of a season. But he's absolutely <laughs> yeah. in the world why he is. You could argue he's he's de- well he's definitely top five, but you could argue he's the, definitely the best wide receiver in the AFC. Um, and this just maybe like Julio and Hopkins that that are around that neck of the woods as well. So yeah. Um, mm. Really, really, really tough for him. Got his touchdown, um, but the the sixteen for one point five was just just amazing. Yeah, with the the way that well the offense started in general, really in the first half, I thought that Herbert was going to go for about four hundred and fifty to five hundred yards. To be honest, I think he had like what two hundred and fifty yards in the first half, or there or thereabouts. Yes, the running yeah. game wasn't doing anything, and you know as much as they you know we kind of take a leaf out of Seattle's book a little bit that you know they let Herbert cook a little bit. Um, they still kind of were insistent on running quite early a lot of the time, even though Balage and, um, well, on all the other running backs really couldn't get a great deal going. Um, yeah. You know, case in point with uh, Kalen Balage returning to below three yards to carry, um, 16 carries to 44. And then Justin Herbert was the second um, <laughs> second uh, biggest gainer on the ground with 11 yeah. yards from two carries. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pope, three carries to four yards. Joshua Kelly, minus two yards. So, not a great day at the office with running, so I thought they might have just let, let the sort of shackles off completely yeah. and let him just 
throw most plates, you know what I mean? <laughs> but they, you know, Anthony then kind of um, gets a bit of tunnel vision, I think, with this running game and thinks, well, we must have it at all costs, you know, no yeah. matter what, even though you've got a quarterback who can, you know, he's obviously got a hot hand and he's making plays and he's obviously playing really well and seeing things really well. Yeah. Because I know it was the Jets and I don't want to, I guess we kind of have to qualify it with stuff like that, but it's not, it's a bit disrespectful, but it was only the Jets, you know, winless team. But Herbert, for me, had his best game on Sunday of his career. Yeah. Um, because he just seemed to be making reads really quickly. He seemed to be making like really good decisions. He was easy to make decisive decisions. Yeah. And obviously the passing was really good as well. It wasn't too many that were yeah. kind of off target in terms of like ball placement or, you know, as much as he, he missed 12 throws, but, you know, you're always going to miss a handful. Yeah. But yeah, he just, he just seems to be on fire. Obviously no like silly um, throws that could have been intercepted or anything like that. And yeah, just a really great day. And like you said, we've just got a gem on our hands, haven't we? I know that we'll probably suffer a little bit of second season syndrome where, players and, and defense have a bit of tape on him but he seems like he's going to overcome that because mentally he's kind of overcome what he was in college already almost and yeah. kind of made strides towards that so yeah really looking forward to obviously the the, the future with Justin Herbert under center and um, yeah it's, it's kind of one thing to go from Philip Rivers to um, another quarterback that's so good and in such a short space of time it's, it's just such a I don't know it's not something that people get to experience a great deal is that you know it's often like a search for a quarterback when you quarterback yeah, exactly. retires or you move on from like an aging quarterback and yeah. to get one with the first swing of the bat is is just a bit of a blessing really for the Chargers yeah. moving forward yeah definitely there's a big burden um sort of off your shoulders as well because there's there's franchises that have been searching for 15 20 years for a quarterback that replaced another guy so I mean maybe we're getting ahead of ourselves here but obviously we've been talking about a, a stint here of however many games, probably the Browns were saying the same thing about Baker Mayfield last year, but um, you, you could definitely get the feel that this, this, this is the start of things now with Herbert again. And we've, we've been banging on about it for quite a few pods now that it really does start now that mm. we've got Keystone in place. You, you signed up Keenan Allen, you signed up Bosa and it's now, Build, 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 and get as much as you can around Herbert. Because I think that if you can, if you can put, he's the king of the castle. If you can put a fortress around him with a good offensive line and loads and loads of weapons, like maybe even add, because you've got now that flexibility in free agency, add another free agent that knows what he's doing, wide receiver, and then go to the draft. Maybe double up on offensive linemen. Like really build this this core around Herbert. Um, on this rookie deal as an offense and just let him purr because I think that that with him being there and, and just giving him more weapons, I think that it's, it, it can really, really tick. And obviously we, you want to go with like, everyone wants to have a really good offense or really good D, but sometimes really good offenses can take you a long, long way. And if you can build something around that, even if the D's not, you've got a couple of cornerstone pieces there on D with James being back and Bosa, but if you really wanted to showcase Herbert, maybe this is an offensive draft to do. So maybe, like you said, double up, get a tackle, maybe get two tackles in the first two rounds, then get hit a wide receiver, then maybe hit a tight end. You could, I'd get quite excited. It may, especially if I was Herbert, you'd have that many sort of weapons and protection around you. So it might be something to look at further on down the line. Maybe we do like an offensive and defensive draft that you go down that route. But coming back to Herbert, just just obviously with you saying that it's one of his best games of the season. 
literally it just seemed like everything was clicking there, especially with Allen. Look nice with Hunter Henry as well. So mm. like you said, the run game's not not progressing that well. So just let Herbert do his thing. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think it's sensible to definitely double down on offensive linemen. Obviously, we've seen what happened a couple of weeks ago with Tua getting pulled out of the game for Ryan Fitzpatrick um, just because of his own protection, really, because you know he was getting knocked around a little bit. And obviously, we saw the unfortunate injury to Joe Burrow this week. And yeah. you know, as much as you know, it doesn't happen to everyone, and it's kind of football and things like that. It, it, I don't want to put the blame on the Bengals line. I, I didn't watch the game in full or anything like that, but at the end of the day, you don't want that to be happening to Justin Herbert. So as much as we don't think our offensive line is very good, um, it's, it's definitely a, a time that we should be kind of fortifying, like you say, the, the structure around Justin Herbert. And I think we've, we've got enough weapons. I think maybe adding one or two more, signing on to Henry up to a long-term deal and kind of keeping him around because his yeah. connection with Justin Herbert seems to be great. Um, yeah. But yeah, the offensive line would definitely be a point of emphasis for me. Um, if you can keep Trey Turner and Brian Belaga fit and healthy on the right-hand side, I think you can remodel the left, then yeah. that'd be a, a way forward. And yeah. yeah, as much as just going back to the earlier point, I think there will be a bit of second season syndrome. I think we might see a, a little bit of a drop off, like I say, because you know, happens often with, with players when they get a bit of tape. But I think mentally, Justin's got the attitude to sort of overcome that and kind of figure out what the defense are doing to confuse him. And he just yeah. he seems to do it quite quickly. Yeah. Um, and he's definitely got like the physical talent, and I don't think that's obviously going to drop off immediately. <laughs> he's got age 23. So <laughs> Um, yeah, I think we're I think we're good. I don't think it's um, something to fear. I think you know, obviously he'll have bad games. He didn't play too well against Miami, but you know that's going to happen as a rookie, isn't it? At the end of the day, so yeah, yeah no, I've got full confidence. And um, to be honest, I know we were saying last week. Obviously, we didn't put it out, but it, it's um, the sort of thing where we were expecting this to maybe be our only win of the season. So yeah. the rest of my watching really for this season with such low expectations is just watching Justin and the offense and just seeing what we can do because, yeah. you know, the special teams which come on to in a minute, not doing a great deal. Mm-hmm. And the defense at the minute, which is a massive problem as well, not doing a great deal. So just kind of seeing Alan kind of break this um, record that you mentioned a minute ago from Antonio Brown for the first six seasons, seeing if he can uh, do that and also watching Justin's development and also watching him trying to make a big, bigger relationship with Mike and Hunt Henry as well. Mike Williams, yeah. I mean, sorry. Take of the year um, award. Yeah, I mean, obviously the Chargers fans are voting him every week for <laughs> Pepsi Rookie of the, the Year. I mean, I tweeted out jokingly saying that Pepsi might as well just sponsor him at them, but, you know, right now. Uh, yeah. he's, won it, he's won it every week, I think, since he started. So Yeah, apart from um, last week, I think he... Um, um, oh, who won it last week? Um, Jared Willett. Jared Wills. Oh, really? Did he not win it yeah, against... Yeah, they reckon that the Chargers fans, obviously, because they were big Wills supporters sure jumped on the voting as well fair enough i mean yeah but all but one maybe you know obviously not week one either but yeah yeah, um you know i think obviously and we don't want to kind of celebrate it because of this but obviously burrow's now probably out of the reckoning with his injury um so you'd think he as long as he doesn't get injured himself or doesn't fall off a cliff then he's kind of it's his award to lose i guess yeah but you know it's another kind of feather in the cap for tom sesco as well because as much as Joey Bosa kind of fell into his hands because of the quarterbacks that were taken before him in that draft. Obviously, he ran, he ran away with defensive rookie of the year, the, his rookie year, and now Tom Sesco's drafted another rookie of the year. So, yeah, good good, um, good sort of feather in the cap, as I say, for him as well. Yeah, definitely. So then let's, um, let's turn our attentions towards uh, this game and maybe the defence and special teams with regards to that as well. Obviously, earlier in the week, just after the game, 
Uh, George Stewart was reassigned. He wasn't fired. He was reassigned and he was given the title of senior analyst by Anthony Lim. So no, no longer the special teams coach. And I can't say I'm surprised because George Stewart's been the... Um, the well, he's been the he's been there for four years as the special teams coach, and I think the highest that the Chargers have been ranked in that time is twenty fifth, and he's been thirty second twice, including this year. So not great, <laughs> and it obviously what we were just talking about before we came on, didn't we? About it, you know not starting too well on special teams um, from the off really against the Jets. Uh, it's just ridiculous, wasn't it? Like obviously, like I was so. I don't, actually, I wasn't shocked. I was just like so blasé when the block, <laughs> <laughs> that block punt happened. I was just like, yeah, and like this happens every game. Like, I'm not really not surprised, but it, it probably because it was against the Jets, you're just thinking, not again, seriously, can you not even get it right against the Jets? Mm. So, I mean, it, the, the writing has been on the wall for 18 months, let alone <laughs> the last few games. Like, it's it's been, it's, the special teams has not been great. Obviously, him being um, the mentor with Lynn, they've kind of shuffled him across rather than try and fire him. But I mean, the bloke's not been doing well for ages. So we'll see what the system can do. I can't really see that there'd be too much change because we haven't got very good players to play special teams. Like they got rid of them last year and that's their own fault. Like with the, you've, you lost Derek Watt, you lose Phillips, um, you lost even like Jeremy Davis and things like that. That they're, mm. they're really good special teamers. You just let them all walk out the door, and then you expect these other guys to do a job, and they've just been horrific. Like I understand you can, t- you should be able to teach this stuff. It's just simple blocking and running and, and tackling. It's fundamentals, um, isn't it? Yeah, fundamentals, special teams, but uh, like it's just been car crash watching the special teams. Yeah, it has, and you know it's thirty second uh, ranked. At the moment, and it's quite obviously 32nd rank. Obviously, we watch it every week, other teams and fans don't. But it's like you said, it, it's almost not expected, but we're never surprised when there's a gaff yeah. and it's cost us points, it's cost us games for years. It's not just been even this season, it's, it's been years. And I think this, I don't know if this year's kind of seemed even worse because it has just been elementary errors. You know, yeah. for example, when I think it was the Denver game, wasn't it, where they were going to kick a field goal, there was an offside, they went until the a touchdown. So you, you special teams given four points. Yep. The coverage unit just doesn't seem to be able to cover anyone. I know you mentioned it with the Denver game when you had the amount of returns they got, or the, was it the Miami game that we were talking about, when yeah, just yeah, the amount did. of returns that they got, and, and yeah. it's just not good enough. And you're right, I mean, obviously, we, we kind of lost a lot of contributors, and that was a risky way to go about it, but... You know, the people that they brought in, you know, we brought in Vigil, we brought in Malik Jefferson, we drafted Lowy Gilman, and I thought they were going to be kind of pretty reasonable standings, to be honest with you. I've obviously been proven wrong in that. Um, but yeah, like like I just said, it's it's kind of fundamentals that just seems to have gone out the window. And it's, it, yeah, it's time for a change. And hopefully it's it's a temporary change because it's going to be a, a fuller change in the, in the springtime or after the season, hopefully in February. Yeah. I mentioned it to you as well. I sent out a, um, a tweet saying um, it just shows how bad our special teams play is because our best special teams play resulted in two points to the Jets. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And oh, a, yeah. a rare moment of clarity and good coaching by, yeah. by uh, Anthony or whoever called that. But yeah, um, it was a smart football player, actually. And it, well, that was actually surprising because you, you don't expect that to be 
the case. Yeah, you you associated those smart decisions with like Bill Belichick or something like that, but yeah. um, it was a welcome welcome surprise and kind of sealed the game, which you know was needed because obviously we never wanted to go down to the last possession again and again and again, which obviously inevitably does a lot of the time. Yeah. How how would you feel about the decision just to reassign him rather than get rid of him? Uh, I just see it. They've done it to save face for him, really, because it's basically they've just they have in theory he's got he's got no role really now. He's just he's just an ear. Um, yes, yeah. You know what I mean? It's not it's not got any role or or sort of any weight on pulling the strings in how we're playing the game. Mm. So it's safe face for him, really. Like I just think that it's. It's pretty much them saying we're not going to sack you now. We're just moving to the side, and then when it comes to the summer, we just say that you're retired or something like that. Do you know what I mean? Do you think it means that the Chargers coaching staff are in a stronger position than we'd probably think or hope they'd be in because they're getting to make these decisions? Yeah, I think they're in a stronger position than we think they're in. I think that the the game against the Jets, I think that if they had lost that, it would have been curtains for them. Um, I think that the, the the development of Herbert and how well he's been playing. It could be ironic that Herbert saves them the job, even though they had no faith in him to begin the season in. Do you know what I mean? Like, it, it kind of makes it, it kind of mm. could come down to that. I think that there definitely will be a change. Um, and I would definitely expect it to be Gus Bradley that will take the fall if anyone takes the fall. Um, I can't see. If we're going to keep ahead, if we're going to keep Lynn and Station, then Bradley will definitely go. Other than that, all of the coaches will go and then they'll get new guys in. But there is a potential possibility that we have maybe edged our bets a little bit too quickly with us on the pod saying that these coaches are done. I still think that there is a potential that um, uh, Shane Station and um, Anthony Lynn could still be there and then Gus Bradley will be the, the guy to fall. Mm. It doesn't inspire me with confidence. It doesn't inspire me with confidence at all. But it will come down to how well we play towards the end of the season. If you if we play well against the Bills and maybe beat the Falcons or the Patriots, do you know what I mean? Start to get their six wins. Not mm. saying we will because we, against the Dolphins we didn't even look like we we're going to beat the Jets. Um, but obviously, if we do get up, you start clicking. Maybe obviously Harris back, Eckler back and they do pick up a couple more wins than we thought they would, it could save Linney's job. And then, because obviously he did sign that one-year extension, so they might just look at it as, we'll just play next year out. I, I, I would hope they wouldn't, personally. I just think that his time's come. I think that his coaching... I just don't think he's he's got it to be an NFL head coach in this league. I just, just think that it's all a bit lacklustre. There's no real creativity in what he's trying to do. The tip, the the sort of culture that he's building there. I think that they, it just needs a complete overhaul with the coaching staff. But there is, like you said, you, you, you did hit the nail on the head. Maybe we have underestimated how much of um, a position Lynn has got in and around that franchise at the moment. Mm, hope not. I mean, I, I, I think I'd, I'd stick with my position that I've kept, to be honest with you. I know I've heard a few rumblings from elsewhere, a few fans and podcasts and whatnot, kind of talking about, uh, Station being groomed to be the head coach and Station being um, the guy that they want. And I don't know, it still wouldn't inspire me. I know he calls like a few good plays here and there and a few good series here and there, but I think there's quite a lot of disjointed thinking. I don't know if that's because Lynn's getting involved too much. 
but I don't know. I just want to clear house. I'm, I'm still, yeah. I'd still be way, way inclined to be honest with you. I'm happy with Telesco. I don't think they should make just one guy the scapegoat because it's not as though, as bad as the defense has been, as bad as special teams has been, the offense hasn't been great either. I don't think. I think it's been the players getting them out of the holes that they've been putting them in. Yeah, I've said it from. I've said it so many times on the podcast that, and in tweets as well that the the offensive play calling sometimes puts Justin in sort of shitty situations like third and longs, and he just pulls the rabbit out of the hat because he's been so yeah. great on third down. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I I hope it doesn't mean that. I hope it means that they're kind of just letting him not fire his good friend and mentor and things like that, and then he can just leave everyone else in the in the spring. Well, not in the spring. It's going to be February, isn't it, after the Super Bowl? But mm-hmm. um, or even on Black Monday after the season's finished in January, which probably, I'd say, I'll retract to the spring even more now because that's probably the best situation because yeah. get ahead. I suppose the only problem is, as much as we were saying the other week, that it's an attractive job, it's not a franchise that seems to want to pay a great deal. And that's why this spectre of hiring from within and um, the, the rumblings kind of carry on with the Steichen thing, I guess, and, and the fact that Lynn, you know, some people are saying that they might be able to carry on and it's just unbelievable because, you know, as much as we've kind of talking the team up in the summer and, you know, before the season and things like that, and we were really excited and we were saying, well, we'll get back to the playoff season. The playoff season's looking like the outlier now instead of it being the other way around and that yeah. being the, the expectation. So, yeah, obviously it's time for a shake-up. Um, I, I'm not going to say I'm happy that George has lost his job or whatever because that's not kind but I'm glad there's been a change it's deserved though it is like, deserved yeah it is and obviously not any, like that, yeah if you're bad at your job in any other any any other walk of life <laughs> you get fired like that's just well, how <laughs> I can think of one of the people that don't that doesn't apply to but yeah, true. anyway <laughs> it's not that sort of podcast but yeah um yeah I don't know we'll we'll see how it shakes out but um I think you might be right I think it's maybe is growing um, in some circles that they might be kept around and that worries me a little bit. And I don't want to say I want the Chargers to lose all season because I don't, but if it's a means to an end, maybe it wouldn't be the worst thing if it organically plays out like that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, um, we've got obviously that to kind of look forward to on the weekend against Buffalo, see how the special team performs, see if there's any sort of jolt or you know, improvement in that area. Um, one area that we've got a few improvements on, though, just to, before we get into the defence and that side of the ball, is obviously the players' health. We've got a few players coming back, or a couple of good players coming back, hopefully quite soon. Yeah, so um, Harris was nominated for a return of IR uh, this week. So he's back, in theory, hopefully. Um, he's back this weekend, which would be really good against the Bills because they've got some serious weapons at wide receiver yeah, and yeah. our secondary is just hanging by threads. Um, they would tear us a new one if he wasn't fit. So but him playing the, uh, the slot, coming back and playing the slot, being healthy, might be able to isolate um, them playing probably just a long game, which might free the safeties up to sit a bit deeper and scope around. Um, if, if you've got a player that, with like Harris that can just command that slot area. So having him back will be amazing. And then obviously all the videos circulating now with Austin Eckler, like he's looking buff, man. He's looking really good. So hopefully they're probably um, bring him up from IR 
closer to the end of the week or beginning of next. I, I think it might be a bit too soon for the Buffalo game. Um, but hopefully um, we can see him the week after. So. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, obviously, as much as we're saying, you know, um, it's not beneficial, that's not the right word, but, you know, talking about losing games and things like that and it, it playing out in not too bad a fashion if the, we get the coaching decisions that we want. It's still good to see the cavalry arrive. And like you say, I think with Josh Allen um, playing really well this year and kind of taking a couple of leaps forward and obviously Buffalo having really top talent wide receiver, obviously elevated by Diggs and yeah. um, obviously some... Wiley veterans like John Brown and Cole Beasley, of all people, sticking around and looking quite good. Um, yeah, we could do with we could do with his help, I think, especially now that we've not got Des King, and um, you know we'll come on to Case Hayward in a mo, I think. But yeah, it's um, it's definitely welcome, I'd say for sure. Yeah, definitely. definitely. And obviously Austin as well, because obviously we mentioned um, when we we're talking about the the Jets game on offense, it's. Um, the running game has not been the same, has it? You know, I think we managed to survive it a little bit last year without, um, I think we had obviously Gordon missing at the beginning didn't we? and with Eckler. And we managed to kind of uh, kind of revolve around that quite nicely, rotate, sorry, I mean, not revolve. Um, but it's not worked this time, you know, with the young guys. And Balazs was good for a couple of games, wasn't he? But he wasn't looking too special on the weekend. Yeah, yeah. We, we It's just... Loads better than what we've got in the building at what um, at running back. So to have a player of that caliber back, I mean, I I think he's probably currently, I think he's probably a top ten back in the league. So having not having him there is it's just such a huge loss. And I mean, for Herbert, it, what it would do to open up a the run game, but also far more of the play action screen game because he is just yeah, um, we'd be a really top screen team. You know, what I mean? like, yeah. So that you'd get ten completions just through Eckler. Do you know what I mean? As mm. that, so it would be to just move the ball better. We'd move the ball far easier with him back in play, back as our number one guy, and as the bell cow. So yeah, I, I really can't wait to see him back on the field. Um, and, and even if we can get kind of like a little taste of what this offense could look like, because obviously if we can bring Hunter back on the even if it's on another franchise, but hopefully on a long-term deal, but even on a, another franchise tag, that having the, the core of guys back, Williams, Allen, Eckler, Hunter and him, because we haven't really seen it. Do you know what I mean? Not not really. Like we saw it the Chiefs game, perhaps, and Herbert had no time at all Yeah, uh, to have all them guys in play and have, have a practice. And then, Obviously, we got to the Panthers game and then Eckler got injured. So we never really saw um, sort of like all of these guys fit with a bit of practice around them to, to get a game plan sorted. Yeah. So to have that towards the end of the season might be really good to see what, what will come in 2021. Yeah, that's it, isn't it? You've got to start building towards, because obviously are not going to make the playoffs this year. Um, got to start building towards next year and kind of, you know, maybe not even for this coaching staff, but just put some tape on there and just show the whoever's going to be in charge next year that you're going to want to be around and you're going to be an asset to this football team, you know, in 2021. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, let's switch it over to the defence now. And this is where a lot of my worries came on the on the Sunday game, apart from special teams, which was obviously, um, you know, had its own problems. Yeah. But the secondary, I think we talked about the secondary a fair bit recently, but it's not looking too pretty, is it really? No, it's, it's really, really... There's a lot of players on D that it's really worrying at the moment. Like you're just not supposed to be out there. Like the team had something like 
seven pressures and both had five of them this weekend. Like, so it starts up front and then obviously the secondary is just, it's just horrific. Like it, it feels like they're, they're not, they don't know what's going on. Like what the play is like, it, the coaching really has fallen down there. Like what's, what's really happening here. I mean, you've seen Hayward's, the drop off with Hayward. I mentioned to you just before we came on that it kind of feels like his recovery's not there at the moment with Hayward. Like he gets beat over the first five, six, seven yards, and he can't make the ground up to get his head back round and turn. Um, he just seems like a yard slower than the wide receiver that he's up against. It's just really worrying. Obviously, you get into like you get into the thirty age, and you do think that maybe there is a drop off, but you're not even with the coaches. You're not even saying, right, we've kind of got an issue here. Maybe we'll bring the safety closer over to Hayward's side um, just to give him a little bit of extra cover. But it just just doesn't seem to be clicking at all on the secondary. And then you've got other players also sort of like Adley's not playing well. Davis is playing okay, but it's just not. Him and Jenkins are playing okay. Adley and Hayward are not playing well at all. Um, and you, Campbell obviously got the pick at the weekend. Um, mm, mm. But he can get exploited all the time. So we do, we, we, the secondary at the moment just looks like a mishmash of basically whatever dregs we can get on the field. And then two, 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 two or three players that aren't really playing up to standard. So it is really worrying. It kind of feels like Derwin's like just the biggest miss ever on that secondary at the moment. Mm. So yeah, it's really worrying. Yeah, it is. Um, I know that some people mentioned about Hayward having this groin injury and maybe that's slowing him down because, like I think we mentioned before we came on, didn't have that recovery speed. Um, and that really worries me with Josh Allen. Obviously, he can hurl it and he's got really quick receivers like Diggs and Brown, especially. Mm-hmm. Um, and as much as you know, they could rotate other corners onto him and things like that, it's not ideal to have your corner about one kind of rotating away from the big weapons because you don't trust him. It's kind of a little bit of alarming, isn't it? Um, definitely an area that we need to invest in in the in the summer. Hopefully in the, the draft for me because mm-hmm. uh, it's a good combat class. So I'd like to maybe you know double down there. I know we're getting into our case where we say double down in every position because we need a lot because we've got three wins. But um, yeah, I mean Michael Davis just never gets his head round. Um, he'll probably rotate on John Brown actually because they always match him up with a speedy guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but it doesn't inspire me with confidence because every time it's going down the sideline and it's him in coverage. I'm waiting for the flag to come out because he never gets his head round. And yeah. it's kind of been the same for him the whole time. I'll just kind of fear the Chargers paying him a great deal of money in the in the in the offseason. Yeah. Um, because that would been wouldn't be a, a good business decision, I don't think. No. I've I've seen um, a couple of fans recently um talking about the return of Brandon Faison as though it's a you know massive deal. <laughs> and it kind of feels like it. That's the the the, the depths that we're getting to in this secondary at the moment. Um, like you say, I think Jenkins is playing okay at times. I don't think he's perfect. I don't think he's ever above a seven, if not six and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, Adelaide, I don't know it's, it's it's a tough one for him, isn't it? Because he's had a, a big step up from his college level, playing yeah. such a low level of college football and obviously having the injuries all last year to keep him out. So this is like his rookie year. And it was always going to be a, the case that he was going to adjust slowly or it was always going to be likely, let's say. Yeah. So it's tough. I mean, obviously, Derwin's going to be in there. Maybe, you know, we can... Have Adley kind of played more of a part-time role next year. Yeah. Um, we were fully fit doing doing James there, and um, yeah, we'll maybe be shopping in the, the uh, safety market potentially if depending on whether we keep Jenkins around or not. 
but it's kind of like you say it's spreading isn't it because melvin ingram's not playing well either he's kind of banged up um looking not like he's got his full power not like he's got his full bend last week um for this game against yeah. the jets mm-hmm. and like you say, the pressure is just up front, just not happening. To be honest with you, it's just a bit worrying, isn't it, when you've only got one guy who can actually beat anyone? Yeah, it's good to see him as well the last few weeks. Like, um, it's, there's just a few players that just aren't playing. Like, uh, from the Chiefs game, like, it was like really buzzing because that D played really well against the Chiefs and it's just mm. it's like it's fallen off a cliff a bit. And just because you lose Harris shouldn't make that much of a difference because really most of them players are the same guys. So, I know we've had a couple of injuries where one or two of them have been out for a week or so, but drop it's, huge. Like, it's been huge since the Chiefs game. Yeah, for sure. It's even got to the point now where I, I don't feel like Kenneth Murray's playing that well anymore. Like for the past two games, he's been pretty anonymous. Yeah. And it's, you know, he started off quite promising. He was looking really comfortable. He was looking quite decent in coverage. He was making like a few big tackles and he started to get in the middle, like from now back to the start of the season in the middle he was starting to get a few like good tackles for losses and starting to lay a few hits on people but he just seems to have kind of lost that I don't really know why it's a bit alarming not that I'm chucking the towel in on him or anything like that but it's it's just seems to have been a bit of a fall off I don't know whether I don't accuse anyone of this but it seems like maybe the defence doesn't trust Gus Bradley anymore and stop playing for him a little bit because they've been a shambles as as a unit for a few weeks now yeah. You know, giving up more, you know, giving up a lot of points. I know that it wasn't 30 points on the weekend and it obviously was inflated because we obviously gave them the intentional safety. But we yeah. still gave up 26 points to a winless Jets with Joe Flacco yeah. and a bunch of nobodies, bad Denzel Mims, can't yeah. passes. Yeah. You know, it's not, it's not good. It's, it's alarming. And then obviously you've got the guys up front and you're giving to Frank Gore, who's about 90 years old. 60 yeah. yards and letting him run up four yards a carry and you've got our guys who are averaging three if that probably not yeah. even that yeah no it's Maybe really like I'm talking about as well you know if we take Justin Herbert's 11 yards out of it and 5.5 averages yeah really alarming yeah really alarming yeah it's really alarming like like you said the defence just at the moment just seems to be completely clueless like there's no there's no game there's no game plan there's no like if you if you're going to set up a certain way, then then make sure that that way is completed and it's and it's done really really to the best of their abilities in, in like a really really well set up way. But mm. it seems mm. to be like we've got loads of these mishmash players and we don't really know what sort of scheme we're playing, the tempo we're playing. Like it just seems to be this sort of mishmash of players at the moment. There's no real rhythm and no real urgency and no real game plan on D it just I, I really do feel Bradley's at his time I think that needs a complete reshuffle and maybe get rid of a few parts and, and bring in sort of a new idea and a new philosophy there on D yeah I, I, I completely agree I think it's one of these things where it just could do with a refresh I think I think it could do with these players being deployed because we've got good players don't get me wrong and because they just think they could do have been deployed in a different way, you know, in the summer, for example, when we were when, after the draft, we were talking about Kenneth Murray being a great blitzing linebacker. I must have seen him being sent on the blitz a handful of times throughout the season. He's got this ability that he's just not being used. Yeah, you know, we've been talking about, or they were talking in the coaches, we're talking about Bradley getting a bit more aggressive. It's not happened, yeah. but on the on the blitzes that we do run, we have success. Yeah. So it's like you've got these players using properly. Yeah, exactly. 
And if you like, can get some young guys and, and re, you know, refreshing the draft, things like that, and you get some coverage corners in there, not some zone corners. Yeah. Um, yeah, you could be looking up. Yeah, I mean, Kenneth Murray, really, they sh- they could deploy Kenneth Murray like the Saints deploy um, Demario Davis. Like, Demario Davis hardly ever is asked to cover. He literally just runs and runs at that quarterback all the time. And he is a disruptor. Like, he's not the best linebacker in the world, but that guy forces turnovers, forces mistakes. And that's what this defence is lacking. It's lacking sort of an ability to just let's roll our sleeves up and let's cause havoc. Like it just seems all a bit limp all the time. And maybe bringing in, maybe bringing in someone that's friendly as a linebacker's coach, as a defensive coordinator might enhance. Because you've obviously spent a first round pick on this guy and you've got Tranquil there as well. That's could develop into a really, really good player. So you've got two linebackers there that could be quite key to the development of this defense. So if you can get maybe a new coordinator in that is, really linebacker friendly and and worked well with linebackers knows how to enhance their abilities mm. maybe get something like that through the door might be able to spur spur that linebacker group on to become a real force and then that kind of merges its way into the defensive line because as soon as we get past that defensive line of Joseph and Bosa it all goes to shit basically like the linebackers can't tackle they can't cover and the secondary can't tackle and they can't cover so as soon as you get past those two guys, it just seems it just seems like a complete mess. So mm. if we can get someone mm. as a defensive coordinator in the door that's more linebacker friendly, maybe that will enhance that D line and and maybe pull that sort of charges unit together and, and like you said, a new philosophy and be able to make that a much better part of our team. Mm. Yeah, definitely. I think we'll obviously have to look at some coaches, won't we? And maybe put a bit of a wish list together as one of the podcasts that we'll do yeah. um, for, for our projections and, and whatnot that we want to kind of hope and dream that we might get. Although probably fall, falling flat on its face when the Chargers keep Anthony in and, and uh, you know, let him bring one, one of his mates as defensive coordinator. But we'll see. We'll see. Let's look forward to the Buffalo game really quickly then just to finish off. Um, not feeling too positive about this one because obviously the Buffalo Bills are a good team and playing pretty well as well. What do you reckon? Yeah, I think that um, it could be pretty high score in this game. I can't see us stopping Allen at the moment. Um, obviously, their run game's been pr- a pretty much a shambles all season. So one start I did see um, with the Bills is that <laughs> if you can run on them, you can beat them. And so far they've lost, they've given up, they've lost like three games this year. And on the ground, they've given up like 150, 200 yards in all three games. Our run game has been a sack of shit, to be honest. So yeah, yeah. The likelihood of that happening is like zero. So (laughs) if you can, I'm just saying, if you can run on them, then you can beat them. Our problem is we can't run at the moment. So they'll probably start knowing Lynn, he's going to, he's going to, be hell-bent in trying. He's probably used that stat and said, right, let's go and run on him. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can see it now. That's, that's, I mean, but you can't, if that you if they can get the run game going, which it would be a miracle, then there is a potential there that we could grind a win out. But I can't see it. So it looks like it's going to be Herbert again, franchise on his back, and he'll have to carry this, this offence to try and match whatever the Bills are doing because that defence is not going to stop. I know having Harris back is going to be really helpful. Him there 
um, taking out Beasley, hopefully, um, which then just leaves them the deep threats of obviously Brown, um, Brown and Diggs. Obviously, Diggs has been putting on the show this year, so yeah. Yeah. it will probably be the Diggs and Brown show. I would have, I would have thought, and then it's going to come down to hopefully the safeties can maybe sit a little deeper and try and nullify that deep threat that they have. So if you've got Harris nullifying the middle, and maybe the safeties can help out them corners there, then we could hopefully keep the score down or at least kick um, keep them to field goals. But they're going to put points up. Everyone's put points up against us. The Jets put 26, uh, 28 points up against us this weekend. So mm. uh, it's going to be one of them ones that the offense is going to have to try and keep toe-to-toe, I suppose, with the Bills. Almost like a like a mini Chiefs game, really, because obviously, you know, when you're playing the Chiefs, you've got to keep up in that almost basketball game, it's maybe going to be a bit like that then, in that way. Yeah, definitely. With their, their run game has been not very good all year. Like They haven't been getting much out of Moss and, and Singletary. Um, but you can't remedy for that. Yeah, exactly. They're playing the Chargers this week, so that should be, it shouldn't be a problem for them to get their run game going. So, But the, the problem is, is, it, is that they've got a dabble there that's, that's going to be a probably potential head coach that mm. is, is really getting the best out of that offense at the moment with, with the pieces that they've got there. And, and that D is an underestimated D like McDermott's he's, he's put, he's put a good pack together there. They just haven't quite been performing of late um, on the defensive side. But again, you could see it happening against us. Do you know what I mean? I'm not very optimistic about this game in theory. They should probably be us by one or two scores, but you never know in this game. Yeah, I guess it's one of those things. The old saying is obviously every any given Sunday, um, but yeah, not not too um, positive about this one as I mentioned before. But at the end of the day, you know, there's a couple of things in our corner. First of all, um, Josh Allen, you know, is prone to a couple of interceptions every now and then. So if he has a bit of a stinker, then that would um, you know work in our favour, obviously. But then again, you've got to have a defence that can cause turnovers. So mm, not sure. Um, and then the other thing that's maybe in our favour a little bit is. Um, I've lost it. It's about because I've completely blanked on what I was going to say. I thought of two points, and I've just remembered one of them as I've been talking. Um, what was the other thing I was going to say? Oh my god, I've completely forgot what I was going to say. Doesn't matter. <laughs> um, <laughs> what was it? Right. So okay, Josh Allen, and then oh, that was it. And obviously, the second thing is that you know this thing that we kind of mention you know, every now and then throughout the year is that the Chargers often do pull out a shock result every now and then. Yeah, you know we had a, you know Green Bay last year, a couple of times the year before, so we're still due that performance. We're still due that that time when everything unexpectedly clicks and then falls to shit the next week again. So maybe this will be it, and it would be it would be quite a nice one because obviously the Bills are a good team, and it would be kind of a nice to have that feeling of actually being happy after a win and going to bed on Sunday evening actually pleased. Yeah. Because for all three of the wins this season, I've kind of felt like we kind of maybe didn't deserve it in some ways or I was still really annoyed about something. So I've gone to bed like not unhappy, but dissatisfied with the the, the standard of win. Maybe that's being a bit too greedy, you know, as a Chargers fan. But yeah, that was... Let's face facts. We've got three wins this year and they're to the team picking in first, second and third. In the draft, 
Yeah, <laughs> as things stand, yeah. <laughs> so let's let's not beat around the bush. We're a sh- we are a shocking team at the moment. Mm. <laughs> we might be able to be putting up Herbert might be putting on the display, but as a team, and that's what you can't really lose sight of. Like it, they should be looking showing Lynn that stat and saying, "Listen, like you've got three wins, but let's look who they're against: the winless Jets, the one win Jags, and the two win Bengals." And at, the end, at the end of the day, the Bengals win was very lucky in the circumstances with Bullock missing the field goal. Mm-hmm. And that yeah. then it would have gone to overtime and then it's a coin, co- uh, yeah, coin toss, isn't it? And, you know, whether we, you know, we might not have lost, obviously I'm not being super negative, but at the end of the day, yeah, like you say, like we said earlier, they're probably not going to win another game now that Burrow's hurt. So, yeah, not great. <laughs> great. So, but we'll see, like you said, we'll see. Like, you can never count out these games, like, there's always a few shocks and, and we are we are due one. But I think the, the Bills are just they're just too they're just too good for us to beat. I think that they just they're more well drilled. Um they've got all the talent there. And we just can't put it down at the moment. We just can't put it down. So I would expect our win to come maybe against someone like the Falcons or the Patriots more so than against the Bills. Mm. If we that. Yeah, I think that's I think that's pretty sensible to be fair. Yeah. I I, I can so I agree with you pretty wholeheartedly with that one. But yeah, we'll see. As you say, um, it's any given Sunday and anything could happen. You know, we can blow them away and defence could step up. Special teams might get a bump because of obviously the, the new guy in charge. So yeah, we'll see. Um, but I won't hold our breath, <laughs> let's say. But yeah, we'll finish it there. Um, that's a really, yeah, really something to look forward to next week, um, potentially with, with a big shock win, but we'll see. So yeah, I was saying, um, thanks for listening and we'll speak to you next week.